Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City Church, a community of believers committed to helping others find and fulfill their God-given destiny. Last week I preached a message, and I started a series actually, entitled Like Daniel. Like Daniel. And, and, the, and the premise of the series is this, you know, several weeks ago, um, a while back, I was praying and I was asking the Lord, you know, this election cycle has just been crazy. Anybody ever seen anything like this in all your days? I mean, it's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. But, you know, God's surely got a plan. I don't know what it is, but he'll show us. But I believe God will give us wisdom concerning that if we ask him. And you'll see why I believe that this morning. But I was asking the Lord, what do I do? How do I live my life? in the midst of all this chaos and crazy stuff that's going on. Is there anyone I should emulate? I know that Jesus, of course, we should be Christ-like. And we all know that, right? We all want to be like Jesus. But if there's any character in the Bible that I could pattern my life after that would help us through these difficult times, who would it be? And the Lord, just by the Holy Spirit, just said to my heart, and I just heard it almost in an audible voice. It's like a rhema from God that says, be like Daniel. I'm like, be like Daniel. So, Lord, you want me to get eaten by lions or, or something like that, you know? No, that's not what the Lord was saying. And so I began to look at Daniel's life and read over. I, I bet I have read the book of Daniel now at least 20 times, just in different translations of the Bible since, since I heard that voice, just to see what Daniel was like and see what kind of character Daniel possessed that made him the man that he was because Daniel was a man. I'm telling you, he was a man. This guy lived and served under, I believe, his four different kings in his 70 years that he was in captivity in Babylon. He and his cohorts, and you know, that he had, it was him, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were taken captive, and, uh, and, and along with over a thousand other young men were taken to Babylon out of Judah and, and were, were uh, basically put into the king's court. They were educated. They tried to, and their names were changed and all these things to try to make them like they were, like the Babylonians. But there was one thing about Daniel that stood true. We talked about that last week. He knew who he was. He was a son of Abraham. He was a son of Jehovah God, and he knew who he was, and he was going to live that way. He wasn't going to be anything else. He knew who he was. Do you know who you are? You call yourself a, a Christian. Are you living in accordance to what you call yourself to be? Are you being Christ-like in your daily life? Do others see Jesus in you? They saw God in Daniel, everything he did. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I can't wait till next week because it's about them next week. This week is about Daniel, but you know, they hung around Daniel and his influence rubbed off on them. And you'll see why in just a minute as we get into chapter two of Daniel. But last week we talked a little bit about that, but Daniel and his, his cohorts, you know, they, they, they changed their names. Let's see, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, their names, I can't even remember what it was. Uh, but anyway. Thank you. What was it again? Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. Yeah. I was trying to think of Abednego's name before he became, I mean, what he was before. He was, he was um, Azariah. Right. And Hananiah became um, Shadrach, 
And then um, Michelle became Abednego. No, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, yeah. Anyway, we ch- they had their names changed. And the, and the purpose behind that was to give them new names. And their names had new meanings because their names meant servants of God and honored of God or, or like God and this kind of thing. And, and so they, their names were changed to, uh, to uh, basically say that they were like the other gods or the gods of Israel. I mean, not the gods of Israel, but the gods of Babylon. So anyway, their names were changed. And then they were educated to and, and, and tried to get Israel out of them and Babylon into them but they couldn't. They couldn't do it because they knew who they were. Now that happens to us, doesn't it? We send our kids to school. What do they try to do? Reprogram them. You know, they do. They try to reprogram. And that's what the government is trying to do. You know, it takes a village idiot to change the, try to change the kids. And and so that's what they're trying to do these days is trying to change our kids and mold them into what the world wants them to be. So it's, it's very important that you as, as, that you and I as parents are like Daniel that we know who we are and we teach them who they are. Amen. Amen? So that when they go to school, and this is one of the things I used to teach the kids, and I have some of the kids that were in my youth group in here, and you, you can testify to that. If I said it once, I said it a hundred times. When you go to school, don't give in to peer pressure, but rather be what? Peer pressure. You be the ones who are, are, are influencing your peers rather than allowing your peers to influence you. Know who you are. Be like Daniel. So this week, we're going to take it a little bit step farther. And the title of this week's message is, Be Like Daniel, Hear Like Daniel. Be like Daniel or see like Daniel. Be like Daniel, see like Daniel. Hear like Daniel, same thing. Be like Daniel, see like Daniel. And, and why did I title it that way? Because God used Daniel in a very unusual way. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and he had an awful dream to him, and, and he couldn't understand what the meaning of it was. And he's trying to ponder these thoughts in his mind. What does this mean? And he said the, the dream was, was so intense that it woke him up. He couldn't sleep, and, and it seemed like every time he'd go back to sleep, he'd have the same dream. Anybody ever been there? You know, and you find out the next day it was the pizza, or, or maybe you find out it was something else. God was trying to tell you something. And God was trying to tell Nebuchadnezzar something, and he couldn't understand what was going on, why he was having these dreams. So he calls in all of his wise men, which were the astrologers and the conjurers and and all these other people that thought they knew something they really didn't. But these were his wise men. They were the ones that were advisors to the king. So he calls them in, and he says, look, I, I, I couldn't sleep last night. And I had this dream, and I don't know what it means, but I need somebody to interpret for me, but I'm not really even clear on what the dream was, so I need you to tell me what the dream was and then interpret it. And they're like, oh, oh, uh, most high king, you tell us the dream, then we tell you interpretation. Grasshopper. <laughs> he says, no, you tell me the dream and then give me the interpretation. They said, what you're asking, no king has ever asked his, his, his uh, entourage or his wise men these things. No one has ever asked anybody to give them the dream and then give them the interpretation. You give us the dream, we'll give you the interpretation. He said, look, you're stalling. I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to get me to tell you the dream. Then you're going to tell me a bunch of junk. You're just going to tell me whatever you want me to hear. He said, look, here's the deal. If you can't tell me the dream... 
and give me the interpretation, I am going to, I'm going to make trash of your houses. I'm going to kill your kids and I'm going to kill your mama. You just, in other words, I'm going to wipe you out. If you don't tell me what this dream is and give me the interpretation, it's going to be curtains for you. And they said, we can't do it. Only the gods can do that. And we know that they don't live among men. So he says, okay. He, he issues the edict to go out, gather up all of his wise men, all of his astrologers, all of his advisors, and to kill them. So Ariok, who was, the, who was the body, the chief bodyguard, was instructed to go out and, and, and start killing them. And so word came to Daniel that they were coming to kill him. When Daniel heard that Ariok was coming to kill him, you know, he sends to Ariok, he says, wait a minute. He says, whoa, whoa. He says, tell the king, tell the king, give us just a little bit of time. Give us just a little bit of time. I believe we've got an answer here. So Ariok goes back and, and, and holds things off, you know. The, and so Daniel then goes to his friends. Now, this is important. Think about this. Daniel goes to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he asks them, pray with me. Pray with me. We need to hear from God. I mean, we, it's imperative. We've got to hear from God. I mean, we, you don't know how serious this is. We have got to hear from God. I want to ask you a question. How many of y'all have ever been in that place? You've been in the place where, God, I got to have an answer. I mean, it's imperative. This is life or death. I've got to know something. That's where Daniel was. But he knew where to turn. He knew what to do. And it's important we know what to do in times like this. A lot of times when we, when we come to a crisis situation, we, we have an automatic built-in response in our body. We have a tendency to do what? Get anxious. Get nervous. Oh, God, what are we going to do? And that's just the way our bodies are programmed. And I think, you know, maybe that's a, a natural response to danger. We realize there's danger. But a spiritual response to that situation is to immediately do what Daniel did. So if you find yourself in these situations, be like Daniel. What did Daniel do? He prayed. As a matter of fact, Daniel was so in tune to pray, and he did it three times a day. I mean, it was just habit for him. It wasn't any big deal for him to go to prayer. It's just a natural response to those situations. See, he already had a built-in response to problems because of the habit that he had already built in his life. It was a discipline. And he knew when there was a problem that arose, it's not to get anxious or to be worried about it, but rather to pray. And it seems to me like there's a verse of scripture in the New Testament, somewhere around Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven, that says something along this line, don't be anxious about anything, but pray about everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Make your request known unto God, and the peace that passes understanding shall guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ. Is that right? I mean, that, yes. I thought I remembered that somewhere. But anyway, you know, Daniel knew because of experience he could trust his God because he had spent all of his life studying about the miracles and the things that God did. And he had seen the things that God did. And he had also heard a prophetic voice by, from a little prophet by the name of Jeremiah who had told them that things that were happening to them now were going to happen and what to do when they happened. If we go back and we read and we read the book of Jeremiah and, and Lamentations, we will see that Jeremiah was prophesying and nobody believed him. 
You know, nobody believed him. He says, you know, you're going to be carried into captivity if you don't repent, if you don't get right with God, if you don't submit to the Lord, then you're going to be carried away. It's going to be 70 years you're going to be in captivity. And nobody believed him. And, he, and then it got past the point there was no return and they were going to be carried away. And he says, now, it's definitely going to happen. You're going to be carried into captivity. And when you go into captivity, submit to the king and it'll go well with you because I have a plan for you. Not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. If you will only submit to me, if you will only submit to what's going on and submit to my word, you'll see the good that will come out of this situation. Daniel heard those words. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego heard those words. They understood that God had placed them in this place and the reason why they were in this place was because of the sins and iniquities of their people that had brought them to that place. They weren't necessarily sinners themselves in the, in, as, you know, in the respect that the others were. They were upright men who knew how to honor God, but they were, they were brought along with the others. And I want to tell you something, folks. Sometimes we find ourselves in that situation. It's no fault of our own. We try to live right. We try to do the things that God's called us to do. And yet we find ourselves smack dab in the same situation others are in. But how do we respond when we're in the situation like Daniel? You respond like Daniel. You be a prayer warrior. The best way, like last week we talked about, the best way to deal with temptation is to prepare yourself and understand that temptation is going to come so that when temptation comes, you're ready. And you don't give in to it. It will happen. And so here was Daniel. And, and so Nebuchadnezzar given this edict. And so Daniel and his friends got together and they prayed. And, you know, nine, uh, Daniel chapter 2, verses 17 through 18 says, Then Daniel went to his house and informed his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, in other words, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, about the matter, in order that they might request compassion from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that Daniel and his friends might not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. So Daniel knew that prayer was paramount and that this ultimate, that was ultimately important that they get in touch with God, and they did. So we need to be like Daniel when we're faced with the impossible circumstances. Everybody ever been in impossible circumstances? And you know there's only one way to turn. I've been there several times. You know, when you're hanging on a cliff and there's not even a thread to hang on to, all you got is your faith to stand on. One of my friends told me one time, he said, faith is defined like this. Climb up into a tree, get on the highest limb, climb out on the limb, turn around and saw the limb off and watch the tree fall. That's faith. That's faith. So they, they knew what they had to do, so they prayed. You know, you and I got to do the same thing. There was no faking this. This was a real dilemma in their life. And it demanded divine interventions or, or their life were over. So their first response was to enlist an agreement in prayer with some faithful friends, which, which he did. In Matthew 18, 19, and 20, is an important verse for each one of us to get a hold of. And it says this, Again, I say to you that if any two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or more are gathered together in my name, there I am in their midst. I like that particular little two words in that, in that, that sentence, that last sentence. It says, I am in their midst. 
And if you go back and read the New Testament, whenever you see the I am, it's always capitalized. You ever notice that? God is with us in the middle of those situations. And when we find ourselves in those difficult places we, don't, we didn't ask to be put into and we're put in there. And even if you don't, if you know someone else who's in that situation, get some friends together, stand in agreement, stand in prayer together and believe God and watch God move those mountains. Watch God do miracles. We've seen God do miracles from the things that go on here on Wednesday night and even on Sunday morning and other times. You know, people just gather around praying in the women's war room and, and the men's prayer groups and all the things that are happening. When we get together, and we stand together and we pray the prayer of agreement. And this is what Daniel did with his friends. They prayed and God answered. They expected God to answer and he didn't disappoint. Now, this same God that showed up with Daniel in that situation is the same God that was with Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego in the fiery furnace. He's the same God that was with Daniel in the lion's den. And he's the same God that's here today. He never changes And the formula for success with God hasn't changed either. It's always through prayer and believing God and standing in faith. Now, here's the thing we got to understand about praying. If you're going to pray, believe that your prayers are effective. Amen? You got to believe because if you're just just praying, you're blowing hot air just like this hot air is coming out right now. I apologize for that. We had it fixed. I guess it broke again. But Father, in the name of Jesus, heal this thing permanently. Amen. So they prayed and they answered because they prayed in faith that we need to be like Daniel. In Mark eleven twenty two. it says, have faith in God. That's the verse of scripture that you ought to write across your forehead or something. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Everybody say that with me. Mark eleven twenty two. have faith in God. Say it one more time. Mark eleven twenty two. have faith in God. Say the, say the verse with me so you'll know where to find it. Mark eleven twenty two. have faith in God. And then what can happen? Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it shall be granted him. Therefore, everybody say therefore. therefore. Now what, what do you do when you see therefore? See what it's there for. Therefore, I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them and they shall be granted you. Now, it doesn't say believe that you will receive them, does it? That's an important word. Believe that you have received them and it shall be granted you. See, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego believe that what they were asking God was going to be granted. That's why when Ariok came back to them and he was new, what did you find out, boys? They said, well, take us to the king. We got the answer. We can tell the king his dream and the interpretation of it. They were confident because they had prayed. They believed God. And, and you know, at that point, Daniel still didn't know, I believe, at that point, Daniel still probably didn't have the interpretation at that moment, but he knew when he stood before the king, he was going to have it. He was going to open his mouth and he was going to begin to speak what God was saying. That's called a gift of prophecy or the gift of the word of knowledge because it's something that we don't know, but God does. And he funnels it through us to someone else. So when Daniel stood before the king and he, and he began to tell him, you know, he says, uh, the, he told the king, he says, you know, you asked something of us. You asked us to, to interpret a dream for you. But I want you to understand that this mystery that is revealed this time, he says, you know, that, that it's, it's not me doing it. It's not my wisdom that's producing it, 
but it's God. And Daniel says in verses 27 through 30, he says, As for the mystery about which the king has inquired, neither wise men, conjurers, magicians, or diviners are able to declare it to the king. However, now when you see that word, however, that's also a conjunction from the last phrase to the next. However, there is, say it with me, there is a God in heaven. Do y'all believe there's a God in heaven? See, that's the basis of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, Hebrews 11 and 1. Hebrews 11 and 6, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please him who God. But he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. You got to believe it. You got to believe there's a God in heaven that answers prayer. There are a lot of churches today that teach that God is in heaven and we are here and he's there and he doesn't have anything to do with us. That he's a historical figure and all the things that God has given us is a philosophy of life. And if we live according to this philosophy of life, things will go well with us and we'll just die. I'm sorry, folks, but that's the delusion of the gospel that a lot of people are preaching these days. It's a philosophy of good works, a good social gospel. But God never told us to preach his gospel that way, to tell the good news because the, news is, the good news is from faith to faith. It's faith from start to finish. It's believing God for our salvation. It's believing God for our righteousness. It's believing God to provide all of our needs. It's believing God to heal our bodies. It's believing God to provide our sustenance. It's believing God for everything. It's believing that he is. That he is what? He is the all in all, that he is the king of kings, that he is the Lord of lords, that in him all things consist, and nothing was made without him, and everything was made for him, and without him nothing was made. So we have to understand that everything that that we know about God, he is. He is a rewarder then of those who diligently seek him, because when we seek him, we're seeking the source of everything. And he supplies all of our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus when we participate in the process. Amen. So, he said, there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will take place in the latter days. This was your dream and the visions in your mind while you were on your bed. As for you, O king, while on your bed, your thoughts turned to what would take place in the future. And he who reveals mysteries has made known to you what will take place. But as for me, this mystery has not been revealed to me for any wisdom residing in me than any other living man but for the purpose of making the interpretation known to the king and that you may understand the thoughts of your mind. You know, God's a God of purpose. God's a God of purpose. In Romans 8, 28 says that he makes all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. So we participate with God in the process. Prayer is participatory. When we pray and we ask God for something, then we wait for the answer. Did you hear me? Prayer is not a monologue. It's a dialogue with God. So when we pray, we wait for the answer. We believe God. I've asked and I shall receive. When you pray, believe that you have received and you shall have. So here we go. So Daniel begins to explain the dream and interpretation. He, and and, and he's, he's, here's some of the ways that, that if we will be like Daniel then we'll see like Daniel. 
You know, that God gave him the interpretation and the vision of what was going on in the king's mind. God is a God, not only a God of substantiation, he's a God of information. If you want to know something, ask the one who knows it. People come to me all the time with, with a lot of questions, and there are a lot of questions I can't answer, but I know who can. And I'm just, I'm just naive, I guess, enough to believe that if we ask God and expect him to answer, because he is God, he will answer. I don't call that naivety, I call that being wise. Because when we pray, we've got to believe. And if we ask God for the answer, God is going to provide it. Now, what's the scriptural basis of that? Well, we know that if we're anxious for nothing, but if we pray in supplication with thanksgiving, being, in other words, supplication is being specific about what you're praying. You know, some of us just pray general prayers. You know, Lord, you know, if it's your will. Yeah, yeah. And those kind of prayers go hit the ceiling and because they're not really prayers of faith. Because if we study God's word, then we know what his will is, right? Y'all with me? What is this? What is a testament? When someone knows that they're going to die and they have things that they possess and they want to pass it on, they go to a lawyer, they draft up a last will and testament. This is saying, this is the things that I possess and I testate that I want this to go to this person and this person and this person and this person. So this is God's will and his testament to us. We know what God wants us to have because it's right here in his word. And therefore, I can say if healing was never intended for us, God would have never put it in his word for us to have, would he? If salvation wasn't mine, then God would have never put it in his word. All these things that God has for us are in his word. So we understand that. So when, when we pray, we've got to understand that everything that we have comes from him. So here, here's the thing. We need to pray more and worry less. And I want to tell you something. The more you pray, the less you'll worry. It's just natural. The more you pray the less you'll worry. Y'all get that? So say it with me. Pray more, worry less. Pray more, worry less. If you just put that in your mind and you think about it and you do it, I guarantee you a lot of your problems will just begin to dissolve. God will begin to give you solutions and wisdom and knowledge on how to handle your situations. And you won't have to go to some counselor and pay them $50 an hour or, or $100 an hour to help you try to figure out how to fix your problems because the answer is already there if you ask God. Now, here's the thing. How do I know that? Because James said this. He said in James 1, 2 through 5, it says, Consider it all joy, my brother, when you encounter various trials. How many of you are happy when you're going through trials? It's like, oh, yes, another trial. Thank you, Lord. I'm so excited. Is anybody there yet? I'm not either. I'm not that spiritual. Consider it all joy, my brother, when you encounter various trials. But I do know this, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him do what? 
Let him ask of God who gives without reproach and it will be given him. Where does wisdom come from? It comes from God. So the more we seek God, the wiser we are. Amen? Amen. And how do we seek God? Through prayer. So you pray. Daniel was a wise man. If we will be like Daniel, we will have perception on things. We will be able to see things. We will be able to see what's coming in the future. I mean, it's kind of crazy sometimes. We, we get in, in these cycles of doing things, and we do things over and over and over, and we get as confused as a termite and a yo-yo, man. We don't know where we're going. You know, we go this way, we go that way, and all we do is reverse the cycle and go back through it again. We find ourselves going over and over and over again. And you know what that's called? Insanity. To do the same things over and over again and expect different results, which we never get. But when we pray and we ask God for wisdom, God takes us in the direction he wants us to go. And when we walk in the direction that the Lord wants us to go, we always find the proper end result. Because the Bible says in Proverbs 14 and 12, there is a way which seems right unto a man, but in the end, the result is what? Death. Now, my wife and I, you know, like to travel sometimes. And I remember one time we were trying to take another route from Avon or somewhere to get back here. And I think there was some construction or something done on the road. And so in my mind, I think I know where I'm going. That's dangerous. You know, I'm I'm convinced I know where I'm going. I'm following the little compass thing. I'm going this direction. And that's the way we're supposed to go. But in fact, we're supposed to be going in the opposite direction. And the end result was that we got ourselves probably 150 miles off track. So we had to turn and go back in another direction. What I'm saying to you is, folks, it's better to pray and ask God for directions than it is to jump out there, think you're doing the right thing, and end up doing the wrong thing. And then you have to reverse the process, which is a lot more painful than if you would have just sought God in the first place. You know, like the first time that we bought our first car, our first brand new car. And if we'd have prayed about it, I'd have never done it. But like an idiot, it seemed like the right thing to do at the time. And we did it. It's the worst lemon we ever had. My wife tried to tell me. I get reminded every now and then. The last thing is have faith. Daniel had faith. He believed in the God of the impossible. How many of y'all believe in in the God of the impossible? See, the, 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 all the other diviners and conjurers and all these wise men, they said, this is impossible. We can't tell you your dream and then turn around and give you the interpretation. Only the gods can do that. But Daniel said, I can't do it, but I know a God who can. There are a lot of things I can't do, but I know a God who can. And there's nothing impossible with him, nothing. Hebrews eleven six without faith it's impossible to please him. But he that comes to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God has the answers for the problems and the questions that we're asking if we'll just go to him and seek him first. So like Daniel, when you find yourselves in those impossible situations and you got questions, you know, you don't have to run to a lawyer or a counselor or a financial advisor or anything first place to go is go and ask God. Now, when God gives us answers, how does he most often do that? He has given us his word. 
you know, the Bible says in, in, in Psalm 119, 130 that, that uh, the entrance of thy word gives life, making wise the simple. You know, and sometimes people say, well, I'm just a simple person. I really can't understand that. Yes, you can. God will give you wisdom if you will seek him. God will give you wisdom no matter how simple you are. God will give you wisdom if you ask him. And he sent his word and he healed them. Are you sick in your body? Do you know that your healing is in the Word of God? And do you know if you'll begin to seek God in His Word and begin to stand and believe in His Word, that you'll be healed? Because He and His Word are one and the same, right? In the beginning was the Hey! And the Word was with God and the Word... Hey! Do you see that? Do you see that? And He sent His Word and He healed them. Jesus was there in the beginning. He's here with us now, and he is here to heal us. So if we believe God for our healing, and we get into his word and see what the word says about healing, we'll be healed. How do I know that? Because I am. I am healed. And that's another story. We'll save it for another Sunday, but we've got to wind this thing up. Be like Daniel. Be like Daniel. Know where to turn. Don't be afraid. Confront your problems head on with courage knowing that you've already prayed about it. You're seeking God. You're ahead of the game. You know, God knows tomorrow. He already knows. He knows the end from the beginning. So with a God like that who knows what the future holds, we can commit our future to him and we can pray and we can ask God and say, Lord, what's coming down the road? And the Lord will say, well, just, just watch the signs. I won't put them out there for you. You watch the signs. And if you see signs that say go in this direction, go in this direction. But if you see signs that don't go in that direction, don't go in that direction. And that's wisdom, right? And that's the way we seek the Lord and we find the answers we're looking for. God will give you the answers. So be like Daniel. If you want to see and you want to know what's going on in the world today, did you know that the answers to what's going on in the world today are not on Fox News? They're not on CNN? They're not on NBC, ABC, CBS, blah, 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 so on and so forth. But they're in God's Word. They're in God's Word. And we can turn there. And we find the answers we're looking for. So be like Daniel. Be like Daniel. Will you stand to your feet? I know you were just waiting for me to say that, weren't you? Be like Daniel. Stand up. Now, this message this morning isn't one of those shouting messages that make you want to grab your hanky and run around the, the sanctuary. But I pray that it's one that has called you to think. 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 One of the things that God has called us to do through his word is to do what? To renew our minds. So therefore we can do and show what that is acceptable and pleasing will of God in our lives. We can't do it apart from his word. Daniel was a student of God's word, but more importantly, he was a functioning prayer warrior. He was constant in his prayers. He sought the Lord three times a day. In other words, he was praying all day long. Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, in verse 19, he says, pray without ceasing. So how do we pray without ceasing? Well, it's just keeping an open heart and mind toward God. 
It's walking in the presence and practicing the presence of God, knowing that he's a friend who's always with you. He never leaves you, never forsakes you. He's there with you in every situation. So even if you're walking through the department store and you look at a a piece of clothing that you like and you say, Lord, should I have this? He will give you wisdom whether to buy it or not because it might be a piece of junk that will wear out in three days. If he does, you've already spent $65, $70 for a piece of junk that you could have used somewhere else. God will give you wisdom in even the simplest things if you just seek him. That's the way, I believe that's the way Daniel was. I believe he lived his life that way. As a man of prayer, everywhere he went, he was consciously aware of God and he was always praying. He was always seeking the face of God. We have this picture sometimes. I remember in my Sunday school classes, I would see this picture of Daniel down on his knees with his windows open praying toward heaven. And I thought that's the way we got to do it. You know, so if I'm going to be like Daniel, I have to find me a place with a window so I can get on my knees and pray toward heaven. But it doesn't have to be that way. Because prayer is constant communion with God, knowing he's with us, just talking to him. So I encourage you. I talk to God all the time, and people look at me like I'm an idiot because I'm talking to the Lord. You know, I'll just look at them and go, I'm talking to you. (laughs) Then they really think I'm crazy. But if we're going to be like God, Daniel Stroh, to please him, to be like him. And I believe that's what God is wanting of us. That's what God desires of us, is to be like him. As a matter of fact, in, in, uh, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 21, it says that Jesus, talking about him, or, or in 1 Peter 2, 21, says, and, and he has given us an example that we should follow in his steps. He's shown us how to do it. And Jesus was in constant communion with the Father. He walked with the Father. He's expecting the same of us. Hey, there's nothing better, is there, than to know. How many like to know the end from the beginning? You can. Just ask. Just ask God. Ask Him for wisdom. Let Him fill you with wisdom and the, and the knowledge of heaven so that you make right decisions and do the right thing. You've been listening to Destiny City Church a community of believers committed to helping others find and fulfill their God-given destiny. For more information, visit us online at destinycity.org.